Hey guys, what's up? It's Danielle and Jason. How's it going, everyone? With the Kingdom Killers podcast, and we are excited to have you here today. We are doing something a little bit different. We are going to do a one, two, maybe three part series. We're not really sure how many, um, just because we have never really recorded this, so we don't really know how how long it's going to go. So um, this is going to be part one. And we are going to talk about the George Floyd um, incident here in Minnesota in the U.S. in May and June of 2020. And it was a situation where um, the Minneapolis Police Department responded to a call. And subsequently, the suspect that they responded to at the time um, died in custody. And his name was George Floyd. So what Jason's going to talk to you a little bit about is about um, really what truly happened. Um, I, how do I say this? Like in the midst of everything during the riots? Yeah, I would say prior to. So the, the officer was charged and convicted. Later. Um, later. Mm-hmm. But prior to the conviction, uh, there was a lot of unrest. Um, and, uh, you know, like what I would call rioting in our, in oh, our town. Total riots. Uh, so ridiculous amount of riots. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Not, and this isn't to say like one side versus the other side. This is just saying like people were literally breaking into establishments, burning things down, starting fires, shooting at, um, not just law enforcement officers, but EMS, fire department, all the things like, so it was completely ridiculous and out of line. And I will be the first to like say that. And, you know, the news showed some of it, but really the real stuff is, is a lot worse than, you know, kind of what the news shared. So, um, this might get a little vulnerable, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but just know that this is Jason's recollection as he was one of the responding um, officers that was stationed at least in different places within, was it 10 days you were down there? Yeah, we were there for 10 days. For 10 days straight. So um, he's going to kind of give his personal um, account. account. Yeah, that's probably the best way of putting it, of what he had to go through um, and what subsequently led him to leaving law enforcement yeah. as a whole. So, yeah. but like we said, it's probably going to be, it's going to be longer than what we need to do right now. So it's probably going to be a two or at least two or three part series. So, yeah. so today I'm going to be talking about the actual incident, uh, that my partner and I went to, um, at Chauvin's house. So Derek Chauvin was the one that ultimately was the one convicted of killing George Floyd. So my partner and I, um, the, well, the incident happened. And then the next day, uh, because of so much civil unrest that was happening, my partner and I got called in and our PD said, Hey, we need you guys to go down to, uh, to Derek Chauvin's house um, to help protect it because basically people down there 
<laughs> we're trying to burn that thing down and so we we got shipped down there with a couple of couple other agencies um, and when we got down to the house uh, it was pretty chaotic uh, it was the best way I can describe it basically is like uh, a normal neighborhood like just a regular old neighborhood uh, with like a thousand people outside in front of it like angry people ready to like do whatever they needed to do to like burn burn the house down or you know hurt whoever they needed to do um and so it was a, it was kind of a scary situation and honestly it was probably the first time in my law enforcement career that I was like what in the world am I doing here? Like, what in the world am I, like, trying to to help here? Right? Because, like, if you talk to anybody who was in law enforcement, nobody's going to say, yeah, we really condone how Derek Chauvin treated uh, George Floyd. Like, they're not going to tell you that. Um, because, really, they shouldn't have. They should have just like <laughs> I mean I won't get into tons of stuff because like there's different policies procedures that kind of thing but seriously like no cop in America is saying yeah we really like how Derek Chauvin treated George Floyd okay so let's get that out of the way right now because there's some people out there that actually think that cops are on that same side. Um, especially the ones that had to go down to help uh, protect our own city. Yeah, we don't, we don't condone Chauvin's actions at all. Anyway, um, so my partner and I get called down there. We go down there and it's basically like chaos. Um, we're having to stand there in front of his house while there's people throwing rocks, frozen water bottles. Uh, you know, we're trying to like throw gas at them to get them to get out of there, throwing gas right back at us. Um, you know vandalizing all the neighboring houses not just Chauvin's house but like all the neighboring houses um and it honestly was scary like I I had a lot of people inches from my face spitting on me you know telling me how horrible of a human being I am just for the job that I do, right? Uh, they would they would look at my my uh, name tag because we have to wear name tags and say, "Oh, this is Jason Woggy or Jay Woggy, 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and look you up after all this is all, you know, done. I'm going to come find your house and I'm going to kill your kids in front of you and rape your wife in front of you. I mean, that was, that was the things that people were saying to me in like while we were there. Okay. And you know, at the time you're kind of just like thinking like, is this really hurting my feelings? Right. Or is this really going to affect me or whatnot? Um, <laughs> this is, I wasn't, this didn't even like pop in. It just popped in my head. I wasn't even going to say it, but I, so I was a school resource officer for five years prior to me leaving uh, law enforcement. And we had a kid there that died from cancer. Okay. And we had like a little fundraiser thing for him. And um, we had these bracelets that said, that said, love always wins because it was like a saying for him and all that kind of stuff. Well, I actually had people from the riots that were like face to face with us that were that were degrading that uh, saying, basically um, seeing that I had that bracelet on, basically saying like, how could how could cops ever think that because love doesn't win um and this is all for a kid who died from cancer like a a kid okay and the audacity that these people just come up to us and and treat us like garbage basically and if you're from Minnesota I'm sure you were there was probably a lot of people like if you're cops or EMS or whatever in Minnesota, I'm sure you had to deal with a lot of the same stuff, but like, it was just like crazy to me that human beings could be this. Like, I, I know that humans are like imperfect and they're not good. And like by nature, they're not good, but like to see the evil how evil they were and feel the hatred and all that kind of stuff coming from these people while really all we're doing is standing there. Like nobody's condoning Chauvin. Nobody is saying, oh yeah, we don't know. No, we really like, we really like what happened to George Floyd. Nobody's saying that. But we get clumped into this whole this whole like, I don't know, group that basically everyone is saying we hate you and the, the amount of hatred and the amount of evil that we felt from just that group outside of his house was insane. Um, I remember also like this one guy would pose in front of me. Actually, I don't know why he picked me. I wish he wouldn't have. But he picked me. He posed in front of me like he was George Floyd. Like the like I'm the cop that's trying to kill him. 
and he would lay down in front of me and pretend like he's George Floyd getting killed and I'm the cop that's doing it. I don't know why he picked me and I don't know why that happened. Um, I can still see his face to this day. What, three, two, two years later, something like that. Yeah, over two years later, I still see his face. And like, it just wasn't, it just, it just, it hit at a different level that I've never felt before. And so like when Danielle was saying, you know, this might get a little vulnerable and this might get a little bit more in depth than like the, the other things that we talk about sometimes are a little more, if you can even say lighthearted in PTSD, right? Because um, that's kind of an oxymoron. But like, this was like hell on earth to me. I mean, it, the, the way that this whole thing transpired and the way that we had to respond to it and not knowing, like, if I was going to, like, die out there or what, you know, knowing that my family's back at home, the people that were, like, arresting in these peaceful, quote-unquote, peaceful protests that have guns on them, it's like, really? That's not peaceful protesting when you have guns. Um, so, I don't know. That, that, was, that was just our two days of the, the initial hit of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. That was two days. And we didn't know when we were coming home. We didn't know when we were going back. Like, it was, it was literally like hell on earth for us, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I'll kind of share a little bit of my, my viewpoint as the spouse, because at that point I was out of law enforcement for about a year. And knowing that he had to go down to what he was doing and seeing who he had to deal with, he was like, when he could, after that guy was saying all the things to him about our family, you know, he's like, you need to make sure that you, you know, lock the doors, have the alarm. And he's like freaking out. I'm like, babe, I got it under control. Like, we're fine. Like, he's like, yeah, but okay. So, you know how to get into the safe and all the things. Like, he's forgetting that I'm like trained in this as well and uh, not to make light of it at all but I just remember that he was like um, you might hear a little guy wake up because he's just getting up from the in the middle of the night daddy's gonna go be with him for a minute he has to go potty daddy's gonna take him potty um, real life guys real life um so I just remember him being like over, over, over protective about it, which I mean, he should be right at that point. Um, but I remember that I remember, um, this was kind of at the time where like people, and I don't, I don't know if it's like for real or not, because 
I I never really believed the media from like day one because I was involved in different situations and every media outlet had like of the same situation had so many different lies come out of it. So like right when I started being a cop, I was like, was this a joke? None of it was right. None of it was real. Um, so then like during this whole George Floyd thing, and I mean, leading up to this, you know, lots of times the media will just say whatever they want to, um, how do you say this? That'll get them good views and reviews and, you know, all the things, right? Hopefully at some point we're going to make a turnaround, but back to like the real news. Um, but at that point, uh, they were, there's interviewing these people they are outside of Chauvin's house and I was watching it and I'm like, Oh, my husband's there. This is great. You know, the kids are all freaking out because they know dad's out there. And, uh, I remember this guy is like, we stopped all these pizza hut delivery drivers and all these things because we told them to turn around and they can't come, they can't come into like the neighbors of Chauvin's house. And I was like, is this a joke? Like, and I didn't know this because, you know, at the time I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's real. Then I talked to Jason. He's like, they were all like evacuated. So there's nobody trying to get pizza there. Nobody knows why the pizza delivery guy was turned around, whatever it was. But I just remember that full interview, like plain as day. And I was like, what is going on here? So I think that that's going to actually wrap up our part one of this series. So we will get into more of it at the next time. So um, just like Jason said, this was two days of his 10 days down there. Um, and this is his recollection and his um, what he had to deal with personally while he was down there that maybe a lot of people that watched the news or didn't watch the news or whichever it was, um, you know, didn't maybe get the true and full story. So, um, once again, thanks for watching us. You can follow us at, at kingdom killers, um, on Instagram. Uh, we're also Danielle shares, meaning me shares debriefings on different sort of PTSD topics every week at Danielle underscore Wagi. And as always, you can reach out, ask us questions, um, give us ideas, whichever you'd like. Um, and give us a five-star review if you're loving what you are hearing and you'd like it to keep happening. So we will see you next time, guys. Bye.